What is going on, everyone? Brett and I are back to do another podcast. Today's episode is a much-anticipated one with not even 14 hours left until signing day begins. Um, A lot of big targets on the board. And first up, we're going to touch on Shannon Blair. He decommitted today or was processed out, whatever you want to call it. Um, He's been a part of this class for a minute, Brett, I think since June. What's your thoughts on him decommitting um, with Michigan State trending with two other DBs tomorrow? Yeah, I think this is something we, we kind of saw coming for a little bit. Um, I know some of the details are starting to get out that seems that he wasn't academically eligible and he wouldn't have been, been able to be accepted into Michigan State. And that's not like uh, the Michigan excuse where they try to pump up that they have these high academic standards. I think that you just need a 2-0, basically, for an at student athlete to get uh, admitted. So, And if you're not reaching that, then there's clearly some issues. And, uh, yeah, he's trainer tried to air out some dirty laundry on Twitter and it eventually deleted those tweets. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's unfortunate for the kid just because you're a day before signing day and this all happens. It's got to stink. And I honestly think that's the worst part is just how close the signing day is. Like people are saying, well, he's probably known for a few weeks, even that, like, you know, I'm not being disrespectful, but he didn't have the hugest offer sheet. So in his mind, he's probably like, I don't feel like, you know, I mean, he had Memphis, but he probably didn't want to go visit some other small schools when, you know, maybe in his mind he thought he could make the grades up. I don't freaking know. But it's a tough situation for both sides. Um, but like I told Brett earlier, I think you're not going to see this type of stuff happen in 2023 because – or you told me, actually, because um, they're going to be allowed to have a full year of visits. You're not going to see Tucker and them reaching out a ton of guys like they have the past two years. Less more, More or less this class, but – especially 2021, as you're starting to see with multiple players already transferring after a year. Um, but it's it's an unfortunate situation both ways. Absolutely. Um, and now we're going to get into the targets for tomorrow and only tomorrow because all five of these guys are announcing tomorrow. We're going to start off with um, the first one is Caleb Coley, cornerback. You guys have heard this name for a while now. He just got a huge boost from 24-7. I think he's – now he's like the number 400 overall player, but very good athlete from Warner Robins. That's the same high school as Jake Fromm went to, for those that, you know, live in the area. Um, offer sheet is incredible. Brett, I think Clemson, Wisconsin, Georgia threw him an offer, Miami. And it seems like the Spartans have been trending this recruitment for shit upwards of two months now, I think. Yeah, I think we got in kind of at the right time because I think we continued. I don't, I, I don't know the exact timeline of – because he was committed to Vanderbilt, and then I think we jumped in after he was committed. We kept kind of pushing away. Um, and then, yeah, I think we just got in there before some of these bigger schools like Clemson and Georgia were able to. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it helps that our secondary looks a little um, empty in terms of uh, starter, long-term starters. So he's going to have a chance to come in and potentially start day one as a freshman. So um, I think that's probably really alluring to him, but I mean, just kind of talking to some people who really know DBs, it sounds like he's going to end up being one of the best ones we've had probably since Darquez Denard. So um, I think this is an absolute musket. Yeah, that's that's high praise right there. It very well could be. Or I'm not. Is he going to play cornerback before I make a comparison? I believe he is. Yeah. I think that's the plan. Yeah, I was going to say you very well could have him and Charles Brantley starting on opposite ends next year if if Charles continues his up upward trajectory, but Ronald Williams will probably start 
But um, yeah, like Brett pointed out, guys, um, Michigan State's been on him for months. That Vanderbilt rec- commitment in the summer was, I mean, obviously Vanderbilt's known for the great academics, but it was kind of confusing. And then when he committed, he started to get offers. You notice, I think Clemson offered him before, but Georgia and Miami for sure offered him when he was um, committed. And I think it honestly turned after Michigan State beat Miami that there were some reports that came out. They were like, you know, FaceTiming him after the game, or I don't remember exactly what happened, but um, the staff has wanted Coley for a while, and um, he's signing at 9 a.m. tomorrow, we announced, so could wake up, you know, turn your phone on and wake up to a boom, as they say. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, and I think I think he was on – they were FaceTiming him and a couple other prospects from the locker room after we beat Miami. So I think seeing that is – especially being from the South, like mm-hmm. if you see a team from the North come up there and kind of lay the hammer down on one of their bigger programs down there, it's definitely going to raise your attention. And, um, yeah, I think he's going to be able to come in, start day one. And, yeah, I think, I think we're going to get some good news early tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. And the next name on the list, not a lot of fans knew the name until about, you know, a week ago, and that's Malcolm Jones. He's a three-star out of um, – I think he's out of Lee. Yeah, he's out of Lee County. He's teammates with Quavian Carter, who's committed to Michigan State, the linebacker. Um, he was originally committed to Virginia Tech. Um, if you look at his 24-7 profile, it doesn't show many offers, but, you know, Corey and a few others pointed out he very well could have got 50 offers during being committed, just not reporting them. And the website on three, I think is called, they have, you know, multiple 24-7 former employees. They actually have him as a four-star there. Um, and some people in the Virginia Tech site were saying that he very well was their best defensive commit. So Michigan State's, I don't want to say a lock, but they're trending very, very well. And it basically almost is a lock. Um, he's going to announce tomorrow as well. He just visited Michigan State over the past weekend. And, you know, Brett, I mean, that's two DBs out of the state of Georgia. That, that's that's going to be the area they're, they're going to be hidden from now on for DBs, it seems. Yeah, and this this kid's really, really good. I mean, he can play kind of in the nickel. He can play slot, same thing, but he can also play safety. So I think he's just – he's a bigger dude. He's fast. He's physical. And I think that that's something you absolutely need, especially going against Ohio State where they can, they can go for – they can put out four receivers at any time, and you're going to need other guys to step up. So <clears throat> I think um, getting his commitment would be huge, especially you're making it – a dent in the state of Georgia, which, I mean, you could argue it's a top two or three talent-rich state for high school football. So um, I think being able to continue to kind of gain ground there, it's really important moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And the next target, who's also announcing tomorrow, happens to be from Atlanta, Georgia, and that's three-star defensive end Zion Young. Um, He decommitted from West Virginia about a month ago. Since then, Michigan State offered, uh, Missouri offered. He just got a Florida offer last week or the other day. And he announced it's going to be between Michigan State and Missouri tomorrow. I think he's coming off a Missouri visit, but I'm sure you, me, and you both agree that Michigan State's sitting in a very good position here. I would not be shocked, or I'm I I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Michigan State gets in tomorrow. Um, you know, he potentially could have already committed on the visit here. I have no idea, but it's starting to look good with um, when they're identifying prospects now, Brett. Whether it's James Shaw a couple weeks ago. Zion Young, not too long ago, Malcolm Jones. I mean, they're identifying guys late in the cycle and getting them, which is very good to see, especially from a state like Georgia. 
Yeah, and I think this is another kid that it's super high potential. You're eating a three-star from Georgia. His MSU Twitter and social media is probably familiar that that's uh, three-star from Georgia is usually like a four, high four-star in Michigan. So, um, yeah, you get another super talented kid like that, really athletic and kind of raw potentially is going to be really important. And I think – I mean, we need as many pass rushers as we can get. I mean, there's going to be a lot of um, – uh, lost there in terms of people graduating, uh, potentially transferring out. So uh, getting as much NFL potential talent in here as we possibly can is uh, definitely big. And I do think that he's going to end up picking Michigan State tomorrow if he already hasn't kind of made those intentions clear. Um, I know Missouri's kind of made a big push here, but I, I don't think that they're even in the same kind of tier as Michigan State. No, they actually have a solid recruiting class. They have a couple – I think they have a five-star committed, but they're still ways away from competing for the SEC championship. And like Brett pointed out, guys, Michigan State's losing four defensive ends already um, with Jack Camper saying he was entering the portal, and then you lose Drew Jordan, Beasley, and then Panashuk. Um, and like you said about transfers, whatever, like transferring out, I think, you know, sidetrack here, but I think you're just seeing the beginning of transfers – leaving Michigan State. I think it's going to get a lot – I'm not say a lot worse, but you're going to see a lot more players elect to go elsewhere. Uh, maybe it isn't their decision necessarily, but I think once that it gets close to the bowl game and the bowl game ends, you're going to see a lot uh, more players leave. So they need pass rushers, as Brett said. Um, I know they're after a couple portal guys, Chris Bogle. I don't really know what to make of that one, but they need pass rushers bad, Brett, like you just said. Yeah, I think Zion, he's, he has the potential to come in here. And I, I don't, it, it, I mean, it's really tough for uh, a freshman and to start from day one, but I do think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for him to see the field as a freshman. So, uh, especially, I'm not sure if he would early enroll or not, but mm-hmm. getting in that strength and conditioning and nutrition program as soon as you possibly can, is it, it's going to help out somebody like that, especially because, I mean, you got to be a certain build to be a D end in the Big Ten. Absolutely. And, and um, to wrap things up with those three guys, so we just talked about Caleb Coley, Malcolm Jones, Zion Young, Brett and I both expect all three to pick Michigan State tomorrow. That would put Michigan State's class at – oh, with Shannon Blair. Okay, excuse me. So that would put it at 22 commits because Shannon Blair just decommitted. And the names you guys have all been waiting for the last two, let's first start with Amari Winfield – or Amani, excuse me, however you say it. Four-star wide receiver out of Texas – um, he decommitted from Texas. I think it was over Thanksgiving break during a game. Um, you know, Michigan State fans have been knowing this name since June. Um, it's basically down to Michigan State, Texas, and Baylor. Before I let Brett talk, I don't have a clue where this guy's going tomorrow, guys. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, I know there's a few Baylor crystal balls coming in, but all mainly all of them besides one are, like, low confidence. And – I just don't know, Brett. Like I told you earlier, something with seems fishy in this recruitment. There's been people that said this morning Michigan State felt like they were the leader. Now you're seeing Baylor feeling like they're the leader. The other day it was, oh, Texas is the leader. They got Quinn, Quinn Ewers back. He wants to go play with Quinn. And then you hear Texas doesn't want to take his commitment because he already decommitted. I have no idea what to make of this, guys. All I know is he's signing at 5 p.m. tomorrow, uh, 4 p.m. his time, 5 p.m. Uh, Eastern Eastern time, and it very well could be any of these three schools, Brett, and I would not be surprised. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. This is a really, really odd recruitment because, I mean, he was he, he, 
they snuck him in for an official visit over the summer when Nico Marchio was here. And that was supposed to be under wraps until it kind of leaked to social media. Um, and then from there, he, like, reaffirmed his commitment to Texas. A few months later, he randomly shows up to a game, a Michigan State game at home. Um, then he comes in a couple weeks later. He's just hanging out in downtown Detroit. And then he decommits from Texas. We pick up all these crystal balls. And then he visits Baylor and then picks up some crystal balls there this weekend. I, I don't know. The whole thing's very, very weird. I'm getting some maybe some like Keon Coleman vibes where he's throwing people off, telling people oh, I'm leaning Baylor or Texas or whatever. But yeah, I'm, I'm not even sure Texas would even take him back at this point, just based off of kind of the, some of the talent they've added since he's decommitted and really over the cycle in general, but also the way he did decommit. Um, I mean, he, he did it like in the middle of their last game of the year <laughs> over Twitter, which is, I mean, yeah, that that's got to be kind of tough for the, the staff to swallow. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure if Texas is the pick, but I have a tough time seeing him going to Baylor. I just that doesn't make any sense to me. And that's what I'm coming to. And I can't definitively say he's going to Michigan State because I just don't have any proof of that. But it just seems so weird with Baylor because with Texas, I I honestly I would understand Texas. Like I do fear them just because of the Quinn. Ewers pick up and they did miss out on Evan Stewart um, who went to a and So that's kind of why I was like, maybe they'll take him. But then like you just mentioned, I didn't even think about the way he decommitted. So, and then you think, well, why is Baylor all of a sudden come in the mix? I know Steve Wolfonk mentioned them like a week and a half ago, but let's be honest. Like none of us legitimately thought they had a chance. And then he visited them over the weekend. The only real reason Brett, I see him picking Baylor if he does is because he legitimately just did not want to leave the state of Texas. He wanted to stay close to home. Um, I know it's been rumored his mom was a big fan of Michigan State, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, I mean, I just the to me it just blows my mind with Baylor because I don't know who their quarterback is committed, but, you know, with Michigan State, you got Peyton Thorne and then you got Kane Hauser. And then with Texas, you got Quinn Ewers, who's a big name. So I'd understand those, but. Baylor just doesn't make sense. Maybe he – I thought of this as well, Brett. Maybe he legitimately just hates – if Texas did say we're not taking you, maybe he wants to just, you know, stick it to them and say, screw it, I'm going to go beat you. But, I mean, that's a crazy theory to just think about. But I don't really know what else to say on this guy. Yeah, it's just been a weird we, – we mentioned it, it's just been really a weird recruitment from from the start, so – any any of the three scenarios, I, nothing would really surprise me at this point. If we wake up tomorrow morning and we see Crystal Balls back to Michigan State, I mean, great, that's awesome. But, I mean, if, if you saw him flip to Texas, I don't think we'd be surprised. Like, this can go any way. And, honestly, I'm not even saying this is like MSU Homer or anything, but, I mean, if, if he does end up choosing one of the Texas schools, I don't think it's really that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Just because wide receivers, to me, they're the easiest position to scout and find. Um, plus, we already have a fantastic class of guys coming in. I know probably my favorite in the class is Tyrell Henry, who I think is going to be phenomenal for us. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, Winfield at this point is kind of more so a luxury than a priority uh, or really even a need. So, I mean, it is what it is. It, you want to land as many of your targets as you can. But, I mean, <laughs> I don't think it's worth getting super upset about if a wide receiver doesn't uh, sign with us tomorrow. And I would 100% agree with you there outside the fact that how long they've been after him and thought they had him. If, they, if it was like a Damani Jackson situation where 
Michigan thought they had him, but they didn't really know, then it'd be different. But in the beginning, it was, oh, Michigan State doesn't have a chance. And then it was for two months, well, Michigan State's going to get this guy. And at the very end, you lose him to Baylor. That's the only thing that would piss me off. But other than that, I do agree with you. Um, and like I told you the other day, or like any of you guys can think of, you know, he him not coming here, it's not the end of the world. Jalen Reed, excuse me, Jaden Reed, Jalen Naylor, they both could return next year for all we know. And then it would be no big deal. But that's the only problem I have is, like, it's annoying to lose a guy that you thought you had up until, like, four days ago. But other than that, I agree with everything you just said. Yeah, and he spent a lot of time and resources, especially flying down to his high school over the bye week. I mean, <clears throat> Tucker and staff, they, they went to his game that night. So, I mean, they, they went out of their way to kind of – go see him and it seemed like we locked it up especially with that in-home visit as well so I mean I just don't know what Baylor even offers it just doesn't like uh, Baylor right now under Aranda I think they're gonna be a really good team but I mean they, they strike me as kind of like an Iowa situation where that offense is just gonna be boring stale old <laughs> while you get this beautiful offense in these Lansing or flea flickers and Heisman trophy candidates and all this good stuff so Hey, I mean, if, if somebody wants to go block 50 times a game in Waco, have fun. But Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy, though, because we're saying all this in the Big 12, which is surprising. And Dave Aranda is a really good coach. But last thing on this one, gun to your head tomorrow, you have to choose what school do you think he picks. I know it's a tough question. God, yeah, I knew that, I knew this was <laughs> going to be coming, and I still don't know. I change my mind every time. But gun to my head, I'm going to say he comes to Michigan State. Honestly, that's what I'm thinking too, and I'm not trying to be a homer either. I just think it's going to be that because at the last minute, I just feel like – and I we very well could be totally wrong here, guys. But at the last minute, I just feel like, you know, with Texas maybe not wanting them or whatever, I don't know what the hell Texas is thinking. <laughs> I just feel like it, when the paper comes, his mom and him look at each other, it's just going to be like, I don't want to go to Baylor. And I just think that's going to be the downfall. Um, if Texas, you know, in the morning says, we want you, come – then I'll start worrying, but I just don't know. I feel like it's Michigan State as well, um, especially if, you know, we'll talk about him in a minute, but especially if Goodwin and these other three guys commit early in the morning, that's another thing, Brad, is Winfield's announcing late. He could for sure see all these guys be announcing. and t- I mean, that could alone switch his mind. That's why I kind of have more confidence than, you know, a few other people may have. Oh, yes, but, like, yeah, like you mentioned, having the extra time to – make your case. And I mean, I'm sure the staff's going to be up all night trying to kind of convince them, but yeah, I, that Baylor thing, it's like, I know we've touched on it, but that's so interesting. I, <laughs> no. I think it's more so, I think he's using Baylor to try know. to get Texas to change their mind. I just, it's so weird to me because I know he took a visit there this weekend, but like, I mean, Will Funk had mentioned them, but it was like mentioning Florida state for Keontae Goodwin. You know what I mean? They weren't like a top three player ever. Like, until like literally two days ago that's why it's just crazy to me like you're saying but and last but not least guys we saved the best for last that is five-star offensive tackle Keontae Goodwin um you can correct me if I'm wrong Brett but I think he's scheduled to announce at 8 45 a.m he's in Texas with uh Michigan State commits actually I don't even know what they're at it's some bowl or it's some camp or something in Texas but Jaden Mangham and Jack Stone are both there I actually talked to Jack before we did this. Jack said he's been in his ear all day. Keontae's been laughing. He's a good guy. 
Um, but nonetheless, Keontae visited Michigan State this past weekend. Our boy Kevin Wigginton told me he was showing him around. And, I mean, you saw the pictures. Goodwin was basically everywhere. He was at Tucker's house, the basketball game. Um, he was spotted out. I don't know if that was by the hotel in that first picture. But he had a very event, eventful weekend, as Corey Robinson, great Corey for 24-7 sports, said. Um, you know, he basically said he loved to visit. And now it's got Michigan State feeling probably the best they felt in this recruitment ever with, I don't know how many hours it is, with him amounting in like 10 hours. Um, I've kind of rambled on, Brad. I don't really know. More so nervous and shaking on this recruitment than I've been probably since like Vernon Carey's recruitment in basketball. Like, can't remember the last time I was like this anticipated for recruitment, but I just rambled on a lot, Brett. So now what, what is your whole thoughts on this recruitment? Yeah, another one. It's 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 been a roller coaster from the start. Um, but at this current position, as we sit here Tuesday night recording this around 10 p.m., I think he's going to be committing to Michigan State tomorrow, just based off of no inside information. It's been complete radio silent. Even on all the message boards, there's nothing. I mean, we've been. I, I don't know about you, Spencer, but I've been going to Kentucky boards. I've been going to A and M boards, trying to get little tidbits of information and. Both of them seem to think that Michigan State's in the lead because, I mean, Kentucky insiders don't think that they're in the lead. A&M doesn't think they're going to be landing him. So that that just equals us being in the lead. So, yeah, I just think it's a really – I think we're in a really good spot right now. Obviously, things can change. Um, but having that last visit, it's incredibly helpful. And I think him coming here three times on his own dime prior to this is definitely important as well. And I, I – yeah, I think even the tweet with when he had with Flozell Adams earlier, I think that might have been a little hint that he he's leaning towards Michigan State. But I mean, we'll see. But as we sit here right now, I, I don't know if you agree, but I would I would probably put it seventy percent chance we land him tomorrow. Wow, seventy. <laughs> we'll, I mean, we'll be finding out. Yeah, I, I was at like forty percent just because I just always say like I wait for the hope hope for the best, but you just never know. But I was gonna point out that it's pretty much a three-team race for those that are listening that are wondering you know who are they battling it's pretty much down to michigan state kentucky and texas a&m um is am i or am i missing a team there brett no those are the three and i okay. mean yeah i would i would even be shocked if he goes to a&m at this point or rather i'd be shocked if he went to kentucky and i was gonna say i think the only person you mentioned you searched the kentucky message boards texas a&m message boards I think A&M's more like, obviously, they want them. I'm not saying he's not a take there. They want him so bad. But they're after so many other five stars. I think they're more so like, hey, if you want to come, great. If not, you know, we're not – I'm not saying they're not recruiting him, but I don't think they're recruiting him like Tucker is right now. And I think Kentucky's more so like they just don't know, like you said, radio silence. I think the only person that thinks he's going to Kentucky, Brett, is probably Vince Morrow. That's probably the only person <laughs> – Unless he told Vince he's not coming, that's the only person. Um, Kentucky might have a rough day tomorrow, though. If they lose him, Alex Safari's trending away from them. They may lose Deion Walker to Michigan. Um, that board may be melting down tomorrow if they don't get Keontae Goodwin. Yep, all, all seven of their fans on there will be very upset. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but I mean, but even like looking at Morrow, like, uh, he, he saw his, I mean, they sent him an offer today for another tackle, and uh, he, he tweeted that, oh, it's not due to anybody else, but 
the only reason you would ever tweet that is because it's true. I mean, you don't you don't acknowledge rumors if they're completely false. You just kind of let it go. So him tweeting that was a little weird to me. But it, it the, even the Kentucky Insider, they're hinting that it's something other than just like him being committed to Kentucky that would pull him away. Mm-hmm. So I think it I think it's more so just opportunity to start. I think who even knows how long Marl's going to be there. I mean, he's got to be creeping up on like his seventies. Yeah, so old. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's just even you never know. Michigan State might bring on him. I, it's, there's so many variables in play. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think I, I don't think he's going to Kentucky. I don't think he's going A and M. So that that leaves Michigan State. So mm-hmm. I, I feel good sitting here tonight. Whether we wake up tomorrow and we hear something else, that'll be a different thing. But I mean, we're dealing with 18 year olds who are making the biggest decision of their lives. So any yeah. any little thing could change them. Yeah, and what like nobody realizes either is Keontae's early enrolling, guys. So he's not postponing this decision. He, it's tomorrow. He's trying to get wherever his school he picks. He's gonna be arriving at that school in like three weeks, which is crazy to me to think about. Like you're making a decision three weeks later, boom, you're off. But yeah, with the Marl tweet, and honestly, Brett, like I was surprised he's even allowed to do that. Like I was thinking to myself, can you imagine Cap, Coach Cap, like? Kapilovich tweeting that like essentially guys Vince Morrow was he tweeted like he didn't mention Keontae's name or the other kid's name they offered but he essentially sent out like a couple sentences I don't remember the exact words but saying like oh we're not offering guys just to offer them you know like kind of panicking that's what it looked like to me and he was like we're ne- we're gonna always offer elite players but I've never seen a coach do that Brett right after um you know an offers thrown out especially like this close to signing day. I mean, it's probably happened, but I don't know. I was kind of blown away that he tweeted that out. That's not something you, I, I feel like that's something you should say in private, not, not on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And the exact tweet was, LOL, you dude are funny. Some players are not going to sign until February. We will never turn down a good player. It has nothing to do with someone else. Go big blue. Yeah. So I, mean, I, did, I mean, come on, what are we doing here? And that's a coach guys. It's different than like a player saying that, like, I, I can't imagine anyone on Michigan State staff doing that. Like, that's one reason where, like you said, he's an elephant hunter. Marlo's going to let you know how he feels, guys. Um, and I'm not saying I'm against him doing that. I just thought probably wasn't the best thing to tweet. But at the end of the day, he probably doesn't give a shit what me, you or I think. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, he doesn't care what the NCAA rules think. So, <laughs> he's not going to care what we think. Yeah, for sure. And the last thing with Goodwin, and you kind of already hinted at it, but I was going to say, you know, what's your prediction? But it seems like you're confident on Michigan State, more confident than I am, at least. Yeah, I, I, I feel pretty comfortable saying he's going to come to Michigan State. Mm-hmm. I think I would put it at like 50%. I think I said 40, but 50 is around where I am. I kind of always fear text saying I'm just because, I don't know, Jimbo's a really good recruiter. He was a really good recruiter for Florida State. His track record speaks for itself. Um, how many guys he has in the NFL from Florida State, from the likes, you know, Dalvin Cook, Jameis Winston, um, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, there's so many guys from those teams he recruited that I know Keontae's not defense, but he can sell that to players. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I'd say about 50% Michigan State, but I think this one I'm more confident than I am Winfield. But I think with Winfield, like you and I pointed out, and this is the last thing we'll touch on, with Winfield and Keontae, it's kind of the same thing where people are just guessing, like, 
maybe people close to him know, but they could also be just playing everyone and pick a complete opposite school. You just don't know. That's recruiting. But I feel confident in saying that Michigan State's fans are going to be happy tomorrow regardless. You know, we just touched on five guys. Like Brett and I said, minimum they're going to go 60%, meaning landing three of the five. I think very good chance they land four of the five. Now, when you go, say, five out of five, you know, that's tough. But I'm not going to count Tucker out after this year with the portal after everything he's done. So, yeah, that's basically all I got, Brett. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with you. I think those, in terms of how many we're going to hit on, I think four out of five is a good guess. I do think it – I mean, I, I think five out of five is definitely possible. I think it's unlikely based off of just playing the odds. But, I mean, you get four of the five, and we're going to have top 20 class here. So, and then, I mean, you work from there. It's it, A lot of good things are going to be happening for the program tomorrow, regardless of the last two guys we talked about. So, even worst-case scenario, if we – don't get Winfield, they don't get Goodwin, you're still bringing in a top 20 class. So um, I just think landing, especially Goodwin, that that would be oh. uh, program altering. Yeah, I, I don't think the class would finish top 20 if you miss on Goodwin and Winfield just because of the February signing day. But if you get Goodwin and miss Winfield, 100% you're finishing top 20. If you get both of those guys, I don't want to say top 15, but it's definitely going to be in the teens for sure. Like, that class could definitely finish maybe like 18 or something, which would be insane considering they finished, what was it, 46 last year, 44th, and four of those guys. Yeah, it was not already, good. Yeah, um, but I mean, four of those guys have already left the program, which is crazy to think about. Um, yeah, it's just crazy how much recruiting's went up in a year. I think we all thought it in our back of our mind, but seeing it come to fruition is a different story. Absolutely, and I think – I mean, some of the guys that have left, they just got here a year ago. Yeah. So it just shows you how quickly things can really change. And I do think that this 2022 class is – I don't think you're going to see that type of attrition just because mm-hmm. they've they've been able to get on campus, actually meet coaches in person, and kind of experience games. So yeah. they, they have a better understanding of what's, what's actually going to be happening with the university. Yeah, and for this class compared to 2021, what you're probably going to notice is 2021 is more like top dominated, where like the top guys are going to be here. They're not going to leave. But the bottom guys is just, I'm not going to say they were just like forced takes, but, you know, this year they might not have all been takes. Where 2022, it's pretty much, I'm not going to say an even playing field, but like from top to bottom, the class is a lot deeper, way more depth, um, just everything in the class. I mean, and I, I'm not going to say it was the worst commit, but the guy that I, they prematurely didn't want, in a way, he was TD committed. So in their mind, if they, they're able to get all five of these guys tomorrow, I'm not going to say it's the dream class they wanted, but pretty damn close to it, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, you probably miss out on a handful of guys, but I mean, that's, gonna, that's just going to happen regardless of where you are. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just really excited for tomorrow morning. I know. I'll be up late tonight for absolutely no reason. I'll be up early tomorrow. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And it was it, like you just said, and I'm shit. I had to wake up at 7am today to take a final. So I'm going to be burnt out tomorrow, but I'm going to have to have to be up. Like you said, I got a, at least three posts coming, <laughs> hopefully five, but um, we'll see what happens. But that's all I got to say. Do you have any last words for um, everyone tomorrow, Brett? No, I'm just, Really excited about tomorrow. I think everybody else should be. And I, I think this is just 
really, I mean, it, it, it's cliche, but this is just the start of kind of what Coach Tucker's building. So I think that from the, the kind of the, the standard is going to be kind of what we do here. So I think top 20, it, that's going to be the standard from now on. That's going to be the bare minimum. So, but I do think we're also going to be creeping into that top 10 in years to come. So I think that our expectations are going to be getting higher and higher each year. Yeah, absolutely. I think 2023, um, I don't want to say expect, but anticipate and aim for if you're Michigan State, and this is probably what they're thinking, is top 15. And that 15 to 20 difference is huge. That's That could be like a Keontae Goodwin, for example, like that big of a difference. So the classes are only going to be get better, as Brett just pointed out. But last thing I would say is just stay tuned, guys. It's going to be hopefully a fun day tomorrow, but nonetheless, it's going to be an interesting one. So we are signing off because we got to get this one uploaded and for you guys to be able to listen